0: That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about being vulnerable when trying new sexual positions. Just a heads up, we will be discussing adult material throughout the show.
1: And as we kick off today's show, I want you to think about this quote from Brene Brown. Many of you know her as a speaker and author and She says this about vulnerability. Waking up every day and loving someone who may or may not love us back, whose safety we can't ensure, who may stay in our lives or may leave without a moment's notice, who who may be loyal to the day they die or betray us tomorrow. That's vulnerability. I'd also say and add on to that, that's marriage. That's marriage. And we're going to be talking Mm -hmm. about vulnerability, specifically in regards to new sexual positions. But you guys know I love starting the show with our one hugs. And we've got this one coming to us from an iTunes review.
0: Five-star review.
1: Five-star review. And you know, if you guys want to do a little, a little something for the One Extraordinary Marriage show, when you've got a minute, head on over to iTunes. Look up the One Extraordinary Marriage show. You've already subscribed to it. Many of you, that's how you're listening. And go in there and leave a review about how this show has impacted your life, your marriage, or or particular aspects of it, because here's what happens. We read those five-star reviews here on the show, and you have an opportunity to impact someone else looking for hope and help in their marriage. Just like this one that came in from Tom Truxton, Uh, it says, one worthwhile podcast. And he goes on to say, Thank you for your years of service now to couples and those ready to marry. I've listened from episode one through 170. I've liked how the show format has changed to the way it is now. And yes, if you've started back at episode one, you will see a lot of changes over yeah. the last four and a half years. Thank you for that. He says, Continue sharing the difficult messages as he leads you to. You are making a difference line by line, precept by precept podcast by podcast. Tom, thank you for taking the time Mm -hmm. to leave that rating. And again, all you have to do is head on over to iTunes, look up One Extraordinary Marriage, and you too can leave a rating on there. And we just, you know, we're right in the middle of summer. Things are starting to come up. Many of you are either sending your kids back to school, have already sent your kids back to school, or are counting down. Like we are. The last month.
0: (laughs) We're there. Almost.
1: So here's another easy way that you can help support One Extraordinary Marriage. And it does nothing but love us and help you. Uh, you can shop for all of your back to school, whether you're sending your kids off to college or just the elementary school supplies. You can do all of that shopping on Amazon. And if you go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash amazon, your shopping experience through Amazon is exactly the same. And Amazon sends us a little thank you in the term of a commission just for you shopping through our link.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's a great way to, I know we've shared in the past how some of our listeners have just decided they're going to do all of their Amazon shopping by making sure that they put that link in there first. Um, so I just want to put that out there because every little bit allows us to be on the air with you. Week in and week out. So, you know, Tony opened up the show talking about the fact that we're going to be talking about vulnerability and sexual positions today. And I want, well, I want to share the definition of vulnerable because Tony and I actually had to like look this up and make sure that we fully understood, because this is a word that gets bantered about all over it, you know, especially with, you know, in the psychological circles and in all the self-help books and, you know, shows just like this when we talk about, I mean, we've been talking about vulnerability for the last four and a half years. Mm-hmm. But we want to make sure that as we really tackle the issue today, that you all are working from the same definition that we are.
0: And truly understand what vulnerable means when it pertains to you your spouse, your marriage, and when it comes to trying those new positions in the bedroom.
1: So here's the definition from dictionary.com and it is the definition of vulnerable. Capable of or susceptible to being wounded or hurt. And it was interesting even in our dialogue as we were doing the research on this. uh, And just, you know, like, let's make sure we've got the same definition. Tony looked at me and he's like, I don't think we're using the word right, and I said no. I think it's exactly the word that we want to use, and we want to be able to explain this because when you're when you're in this intimate relationship with your spouse, when you really get to the point where you're pulling off your masks, where you're getting naked, both literally and figuratively, with another human being, you are opening up yourself to the possibility of being wounded, be it emotionally, be it physically spiritually, you're, you're opening yourself up to that possibility. You know, there's, there's that saying that says, you know, with great risks, with great risk comes great reward. Mm -hmm. That's the whole marital relationship. You know, there is a great risk. Every time, you know, I, I choose to open up myself to Tony, there is always the possibility. And we've had this happen in our marriage that things are not going to go well. You know, there's going to be a miscommunication. There's going to be hurt feelings. There's going to be a position that we try that doesn't feel good. That's always a possibility. But as we continuously build our foundation in our marriage, that risk is minimized and the reward is maximized. And and I know as we head into this topic and we're talking about different sexual positions, I know that there are many of you listening to this show for whom being vulnerable with your spouse, it's a challenge. You're, you know, any position outside of the missionary position, for some of you, it is such a leap that you really even struggle with this idea. And I'm I'm going to ask that you hang in there for the next 25, 30 minutes and just allow yourself to think of the possibilities.
0: Right. And... For us, we can understand where you're at. Because for the first, gosh, 10, 11 years of our marriage, that's where we were 95% of the time missionary. Really, it's only over the last six years that we have become more vulnerable, being willing to open up to each other, that we have been able to try new positions. And even to this day, we are trying new things that could possibly wound or hurt either one of us emotionally. Mm -hmm. Typically, you know, when you're trying a new position, there may be a little physical hurt or physical uneasiness to you for sure. I think mainly though when we're looking at new positions it's that emotional wounding that emotional hurt that can come from it and we still walk that line and push you know forward and to try to understand each other in those moments and afterwards too
1: And before we start talking about the new positions I just want to yes. talk about you know kind of go back into this whole idea of you know, the number of couples that are sort of, I'm just going to say it stuck in the missionary position. And I want to address for some of you why that's going on. If you've never actually had the conversation, because I know why it was happening in our marriage and from couples that I've worked with in coaching, I know why it's going on in their marriage. And and for some of you, it's efficiency, plain, sure. plain and simple. It's the quickest path to the result. You know, he does that. She does this. Wham, bam. You all know what goes here, there, and everywhere. And you can just move on to the next thing on your to-do list.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It's just, you know, check. We've had sex. Check. Move on. For some of you, it's just routine. You don't want to think outside the box. You've chosen to allow this part of your marriage to not be creative. And that's a choice. You know, and, and I don't know which one of you is making that choice. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm nowhere in this show are we pointing fingers at one spouse or the other, but there's a lot that can be learned. And we're going to go into that with the whole idea of trying new positions. But the whole routine thing, that just leads to boredom. You know, and boredom in a marriage, in any of the intimacies, boredom is not a good thing in your marriage. It's not. And then many of you are, you know, kind of like what Tony was talking about, just with a little bit of this, you know, emotional uncertainty when you're trying new positions. Some of you are just afraid to even, you know, put it out there because you're afraid that's not going to go well. Like it's just not going to work. And I will tell you, Tony and I have gotten ourselves in positions that don't work. Plain and simple, like you think this is going to be a good thing. And, you know, I've joked in past podcasts where it's like, you know, legs are here, there and everywhere. And it's more like a game of twister than it is an intimate encounter with one another. That's awkward. It's uncomfortable. We tried it. It didn't work. I'm going to tell you right now, it's okay if a sexual position doesn't work. There's no shame in that. If the two of you are communicating about it and trying to do something new. And for some of you, this whole idea of sexual positions terrifies you because you don't even know how to bring it up in conversation. The reason that you're stuck in the missionary position is because no one wants to say anything right, about trying something new. It's like, ooh, what's he going to think if I suggest something? What's she going to think if I suggest something? You know, this and that. And I just want to say something real quick as we're talking about trying new things in the bedroom Tony and I are going to be talking about different positions and things like that. These are all between the husband and the wife, the covenant of the two of you. We're not bringing it. We are in no means when we talk about new positions or trying something new in the bedroom. There is never, and I'm going to be very, very clear about this. There's never an implication that you should bring another person into your bedroom.
0: And I would go as far as to say fantasy or physical. And really the fantasy one can hurt you. And many of you may not know that or think that it can, but it does. Believe us, we've been there. Mm -hmm. We've battled that. And know from experience that even the thought of bringing in somebody else, fantasizing about that other woman or that other guy, in the room with you can hurt your marriage.
1: So that's just the caveat as we head into all of this, because drawing new sexual positions, it's not easy. I mean, Tony even said it, he, you know, the first 11 years of our marriage, we might've tried something new a handful of times, but our, maybe.
0: <laughs> and, and when I made that look, to you yeah, was because did. it was most likely the first time we ever tried that position and then never went back to it.
1: And that's something you got to consider when you're trying something new. Okay. I, like I'm going to make this real easy for all you parents out there. And if you don't have par- if you don't have children, you've probably seen this happen when you're introducing a new food to your baby especially like a vegetable, you know, because the fruits they tend to like because they're sweeter and things like that. But when you're introducing a new vegetable to your baby, chances are they're going to stick their tongue out and blow raspberries all over you, the the high chair, the bib, everywhere. And you know, everybody's going to be covered in like smushed peas. Do you give up on giving your child peas the first time because they didn't like it? Or do you say, you know what? (laughs) Peas are good for you or green beans, or whatever the vegetable is, we're going to keep trying this, because it's an acquired taste. Some of you need to take that same philosophy with your sexual positions. Like, don't just try it once, because once you may have been having a bad day. It may not have been the right time of the month in terms of your self-lubrication. I, I-, I can speak to that for hours. Mm-hmm. You know, or your ovulation cycle, your hormonal cycle, all of those things impact whether or not a position is good or not. So don't just try it one time and be like, ooh, that didn't work over it. Never doing that again. Revisit it. Be open to revisiting it later. You know, it's, um, uh,
0: another thing too, is that during one session, even you can try more than just one position. Oh yeah. I mean, if there's something that you guys are trying and want to try a couple different ones within that session, you know, you can put two or three and stack them together. It's okay to do that.
1: Now, I, I, the, some some of you listening are just going, did he just suggest two or three positions during a lovemaking session? Yes. Yes, because it doesn't have to just be two minutes. Guys, you can actually spend time with one another making love in all different, you know, exploring your bodies, seeing, you know, if this is a better feeling than that, if this you know, facing each other and, and all of these. are And that's what we're going to get into here in just a minute. But it's okay to have sex that lasts longer than two minutes.
0: And, and I will have to say this, though, as the guy, because there have been times, yes, penetration happens, ejaculation happens very quick. Sure. And that is due to foreplay, extended foreplay, heightened, heightened, heightened arousal. So the mere touch... Wow, triple uh, heightened arousal. Triple heightened. So the mere touch of Alisa ejaculation happens in that event. I would say if you're trying some new positions, if you need a little foreplay to get started, go for it, then get into the sexual positions. So you as a guy are not so sexually aroused that just, you know, penetration and you ejaculate. I get it. I've been there. So that is one way that we have worked around that. And knowing that, hey, if we're going to try some new things here, I don't want to be so sexually heightened that I'm unable to try a couple of positions or even one position. Because sometimes that one position, you get into it and there's you know some legs moving or some arms moving and you're not fully in it yet. And all of a sudden you've ejaculated. Been there, totally get it. So that's just a heads up.
1: And here's the thing with like, let's just talk about ejaculation here before we get into some of these positions because for some couples, and we've been there, when you ejaculate, you know, whenever he ejaculates, you're in this situation of, well, is it over? You know, this type of thing, can we keep going? And that's a conversation that the two of you need to have, Mm -hmm. right? Because just because your husband's ejaculated doesn't mean your lovemaking session has to be over. It doesn't. So don't just have that be like the cutoff line or you know, when your wife orgasms. You know, it doesn't have to be the stopping point. Enjoy each other. Enjoy okay. each other. So first position. um we assume that you all know the missionary position, so we're gonna jump into just some others that you can try to explore one another. And the first one would be that she's on her side. He's on top, coming from behind. With vaginal penetration,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, this is one you know. It's so funny because Tony and I just kind of know what we do and what we've tried and things like that. But we actually had to like think through the position a- and how to best explain it to you. And and part of the reason this one makes her vulnerable is because when you're on your side, you only have the use of one of your arms, a- and just that simple. Like there's a a part of your body that you can't move creates a sense of vulnerability. She doesn't have as much control as she would, you know, if she's laying on her back with both of her arms.
0: No, and and it's very true. I mean, that is a vulnerable position for the wife.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, here's the other thing, ladies, and I'm just gonna put this out there: is that any time. There's any type of rear entry. You know, when the man is behind the woman, there is just a vulnerability there that, you know, we don't have eyes in the back of our head. And so when you can't see exactly what's happening, there's a trust factor that has to be there between husband and wife over what's going on.
0: Right. And and this is something that, this is one of those positions that we have come to enjoy over the last I would say two or three years give or take yeah and it wasn't one that we did often you know in the early days but it is one that is totally part of our repertoire now we we do enjoy this one a lot we've learned to um, in me as well as understanding where Lisa is mm-hmm. and there have been times In this position, even where there's some poking going on, and you know, you can tell she's moving. That is me understanding her and reading her and going, Hey, hun, do we need to change? Do we need to move?
1: Ladies, if you've never read the book Fertility Awareness Method, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. It's so important to know how your cycle impacts your ability, or not your ability, but your your willingness and receptivity to trying new things during the month, because it really does make a difference. And Tony's absolutely right. Sometimes during the month, I'm like, yeah, that one's not working for me. Uh, Another position that we wanted to talk about was when the woman is on top, you know, sort of like a reverse missionary where instead of the man being on top, it's the woman on top. And you know, this changes the vulnerability for both spouses And first, I just want to speak toward to being a woman in this position. For me, the the vulnerability comes really from the, it's almost performance anxiety. You know, am I going to be able to, to bring Tony to ejaculation in this position? And quite honestly, usually I'm not able to because I can't maintain the position long enough. It just starts to hurt my legs. And then there's also just. You know, when you're on top as a woman, you know, ladies, some of you will be able to relate to this. Our bodies after having a few kids and a few years put on them and things like that, things start to jiggle just a little bit. And so there's just a self-consciousness that comes from being on top. And yet, you know, as I was sharing with one of my coaching clients the other day, the reality is is that our husbands love us, and right there in the moment, they are not analyzing all of the perceived imperfections. In our bodies.
0: Yeah. And like Elisa said, in this position, I'm vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a... Because of the way in our marriage, sexual positions are typically... I am in the domineering or the dominance role. I'm on top. I'm from behind. Not, And I'm not saying that in a... No, it's it, just... It's that's just, just the role... That I am in when we're making love. So in this in this position, I'm vulnerable because I'm laying there in what we would consider a missionary position, mm-hmm. but that feels very unnatural to me. It uh, I'm exposed in a way that typically I'm not exposed to Elisa. If I'm coming in from behind or or the the position we shared before which is on her side she doesn't get a full view of me mm-hmm. she doesn't get to see you know everything laid out right there on the bed so this is a very open position for me performance anxiety you know like she said even on her side you know she's opening herself up to possibly being hurt if she can't get me to come to completion and I on the other end am am trying to but because of that role reversal of me being on the bottom it takes time. Mm -hmm. And it's so there is this this openness that happens this vulnerability of myself showing completely all of myself with Elisa looking down at me.
1: You know and as we're describing these positions as we're talking about it as you're sitting there whether it's in your car or you know, wherever you're listening to this particular episode, I-, I want you to think, how does this play out in your own marriage? You, know, Because when you fall into those routines where it's always sex in the same position every time, you know, it's kind of like that whole Batman thing that I use all the time, same bat time, same bat place. When you do that, you don't even think through the process. And yet, you know, I hope as you're hearing us talk about these different positions and the vulnerability and what happens when you're thinking through that, I hope it's causing you to think, what would that look like in my own marriage? What what different dynamic would that bring in terms of the way we relate to one another? And what excitement would it bring? I mean, not just the different dynamic of being in the moment, but but ladies, you know, what if typically, you know, you're on bottom and you, you know, text your guy or, you know, send him a message sometime during the day or leave a note in his mailbox or, or not in his mailbox, but his lunchbox or his briefcase and say, you know, something like, I'm on top tonight. Do you think there'd be a little excitement during the day just even thinking about a new position? I, I don't know if I sent Tony that kind of message I mean, he might be home early. You know, he might be. I might be getting all kinds of suggestive messages during the day in response to that because bringing in new sexual positions, trying these different things, again, regardless of whether or not you they take either of you to orgasm, there is so much to be gained in your marriage by being willing to be vulnerable. By being willing to take off those masks, it changes how the two of you relate to one another.
0: Yeah. And we we only gave you two positions here. And the reason being is that we wanted to share a position where your wife is vulnerable Mm -hmm. and one where a husband is vulnerable. There are many places you can look for sexual positions, For us, the book that helped us to get out of our own box and we're able to, in our own time, able to sit down and flip through pages and look at different things was The Joy of Sex. And I would highly recommend it. It is a fantastic book. Um, You can check out. You can check it out on Amazon at one extraordinary J O S. Let's just space that out. What, Sorry are, those I... yeah. what um, are those
1: letters? Yeah.
0: But right there, you can check out the different books. And what we did for so long was we would just look through those. Yeah, one extraordinary slash J O S. We would just look through it, we would look at a position. There are pictures in there. We could look at them and understand them, or there was actual really good descriptions. and so we would just try them, and these were times when we would open up and there was no big like, "Hey, Elisa has to have an orgasm," or "I need to you know ejaculate in this position." If, if it comes down to it at the end, uh, we've had times where we've tried new two positions, maybe, and it just neither of them were really working for either of us. Mm-hmm. so we went right to missionary.
1: and you guys know that works. Yeah, and so
0: so at least we were trying something new. I want to say, though, it comes down to emotional intimacy. mm -hmm. It comes down to each of you being able to speak to each other, to communicate with each other, to dig deeper into what your feelings are and how you're able to best open up and share those with each other. Pick up, he zigs, she zags. Get your communication on the same path. That is going to sh- that is going to help you guys walk through the couple communication method and get you guys on the same page, so you can talk about this stuff. So you can be vulnerable when it comes to trying new positions. Pick it up at hezigs, dot com. It starts this week.
1: It starts with the two of you making a decision to have a conversation. You know, look at yourself first and think about the role that you play in your married sex life. You know, are you the one that hasn't been open to trying new things? Are you the one that has resisted, you know, your spouse's advances? Are you the one who, you know, is getting shot down? Because you keep throwing these ideas out there and they're not going anywhere. I don't know which side of the marriage bed you fall on. What I do know is that there is a depth of sexual intimacy that comes from trying new positions. And as we talk through the One Extraordinary Marriage show, week in and week out, what we are trying to equip you to be able to do is go deeper in all forms of intimacy. And this week, as we talk about sexual intimacy, talk to your husband or wife about a new position that you'd like to try. Just explore it. Even if all you do is have the conversation, that's the first step. Being able to talk about your sexual desires and the positions you would like to try so that in the future, in the future, the two of you can actually get to the point where you're trying those new positions. It starts with a conversation though. You can't be scared to have the conversation.
0: So start it today. Have that conversation. Be vulnerable emotionally, sexually, and try out a new position or two that could make a major difference in your bedroom and your sexual intimacy. We love you guys. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we will catch you next week.